0: Amen. Acts chapter 6 from 1 6. Now in those days when the number of the dis- disciples was multiplying, then arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And then, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Paminas, and Nicholas. A proselyte and Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of the God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Amen.
1: Amen. Um, I'm speaking on the subject warfare and um, strateg- uh, strategies in, in dealing with warfare. Uh, One of the things that um, I want us to understand is that um, when it comes to this the subject of war, um, it is something that we normally run away from or we don't want to talk about and um, I just gave the exaggerated word warfare which I will skew it very down to um, families that is the conflicts that happen in families because Um, as we are aging or as we are moving forward, there are certain topics or there are certain things that we need to understand. That is, um, different times and seasons call for different patterns of leadership and mission. So whilst we are here, one of the things we need to understand is that there is going to be what we call the evolving of time, patterns of life. Those days, we used to have... um, a mobile phone where you can charge it for like one week. But now you have a mobile phone whereby within 24 hours, your your battery is down. And even to those of us who um, maybe came to Europe a few years ago, you would bear witness with me that things are different from Massachusetts now. Or even to my family or brothers um, in the diaspora, talking about being in Africa or any part of the world. You would bear witness with me that Um, the way we approach things are very different. So um, this is what we call, uh, it becomes a conflict when we hardly find solutions to to these things. And conflicts are always with us. We are born um, into a world of conflict in the African world, in the African communities. One of the major problems about the African is the conflict of identity. The African has a major problem of identity. That is why, um, in a cosmetic shop, you know, uh, uh, lightening uh, lightning chemicals are very high because of the problem of identity. Yes, I want to talk to the African. I want to talk to. Um, I want to talk to the African. I want to, you know, it, it, the whole problem boils down to the issue of identity. We have the conflict. Identity conflict, so um, whitening, um, uh, I mean, changing your color to be white, you know, changing your eyelids and all that, Uh, because you want to form an image to be accepted by a certain group of people. And that is the norm, that is the culture. So if we don't know all these things, identity conflict, and even happens in names, you know, sometimes we have a certain kind of name. But you hide your name, you know, and you give yourself um, a mark, mark, mark. um, You know, look at the English names that that are here. I think the only original name I see here is Chioma. God bless you so much. I mean, look at the names. Um, Patricia, Zara, Codell, you know, Lucy, Deborah, you know, we like those. All these are identity crisis, you know. (laughs) Roger. Okay, Chizara. Okay, Chizara. Okay. But at least it has been anglicized. That is how we call it. You have anglicized it. It has now, so it is Chizara, but Chizara has been anglicized to be more um Britain kind of, you know. <laughs> we are British, you know. Okay, yes, yeah, huh. now you see here, you see, you see, I pray, repent in the name of Jesus, the coming of the Lord is Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So this is what we call identity crisis, you know the black community. and these are the conflicts. So when I'm speaking about a warfare, this is where I'm coming from, so that we will understand some certain things until we identify ourselves, until we get to know ourselves, until we get to understand who we are, that this is me. you either like me or you hate me and, and this is I present myself to you as this, you know and you have to accept me as such. So on, on, we, we, we can't preach about anything if we don't as a people identify ourselves. Then when we get to identify ourselves, this will build our confidence. Yes, this will build our confidence. This will build who we are. We, we can not be a different people. We have to understand our approach to things are very different. Our understanding to things in as much as life becomes, we become an influx of, of of cultures. Yes, we do understand that, but the core of ourselves is that this is how this is our being. This is how we are made. This, this is our. This is how God has g- genetically formed us. So we can't force ourselves to be who we are not. That is all that I want you to understand. And sometimes, even when I'm I'm preaching in English, here, I suffer a lot because. I mean, I did linguistics in a multilingual context. You know, sometimes how to fashion words, and sometimes if most of you have realized, go to my preachings. You know, when I listen to my preachings, I have the problem of he and she. Sometimes I do get that problem a lot because where I come from, the he and the she we use the same pronoun for pronoun um, article for it. So uh, when I come here, he she becomes a big problem to me. So where? So if you see that I'm using the he for a woman, please don't, don't think I'm making a mistake. Because I'm how it's a mental it's a it's a conflict as a result of that is what we call um linguistic conflict for these things when we 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 come we come on the on the different land. So I want you to understand so that you will not be offensive, you will not look down on yourself, you will not think that you are nobody, but you are somebody in the sight of God, the African, the Black communities, until. We understand who we are, and we know where we are going. Asg as a family, we would never make that impact that God wants us to make. That we would develop ourselves in a greater zeal and a greater courage. I believe that after today, you are going to be so blessed. So get glued to your set as we are. We are moving on in this tangent in that revelational knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So. As a family now, as we are here, we need to understand that there are changes. Changes are also part of us. So we can also not avoid changes. That is why we can have maybe a young lady at the age of a, um, a, uh, maybe a young person at the age of six, seven, going. the approach of the person changes. That is the very moment the person reaches the puberty stage, the, the approach of the person to things also changes. Now, when you reach a certain age, um, the, ages of nine, um, the ages of 21, 22, 23 to 40 years and all that, your approach to things also changes. For example, the, the young guy, the 19 year old person, the 20 year old person is very aggressive about life. And the 40 years tries to um, uh, be more assertive, dig deeper into issues before they um find solutions to it so we need to understand that when we talk about changes then as a family since we want to deal with changes changes also comes with what we call conflicts changes come with conflicts and when it comes to conflict i know we are, we no matter what we came here we prayed we read the word of god and um uh we did worship we did a whole lot of things we sang um the very moment the, the, the subject of conflict comes in, then the church runs away from it. We think now nah, this is a demon. So many church leaders think of conflict as negative or destructive, and therefore something to be avoided. So in even families, when conflicts come in, we run away from it. And in churches, when conflict sets in, we run away from conflicts. So as a family, as we are here, when conflicts do come, we should be ready for conflicts. And, that is why I am building this family for us to be aware of certain things. Whilst we are here, our major focus is not just in the in, in, in United Kingdom, but we are having a global a, a global vision. And to all of you who have been following me, our, our vision is global. We are not just establishing a church, but we are we are doing something that will have a global influence in terms of the economics of the African, in terms of um, the health of the African, in terms of um, the educational levels of the African. So, we are looking at all these things, and notwithstanding, we should also be ready for conflicts. So, conflicts are part of us. I know for sure, I mean, parents settle conflicts every day. Parents do settle conflicts every day. Maybe yesterday, Choma settled the conflict between OB and, and And uh, uh, Chido, you know, or um, uh, Patricia settled the conflict between uh, uh, Joshua and maybe Zara. So there, we are always prone with conflicts. So one of the things we need to understand here is that when we, when we now accept conflict, so what is the reason for conflicts among us? conflict also serves as a source of creativity and transformation in the life of this family so the very moment conflict setting it becomes a so it becomes a source of creativity and also a means of transformation that is the very moment conflict setting it ends the face of the family it ends the face the picture of the family then another face begins to pop up so when we see so what are some of the conflicts that we see in a family sometimes we see pain You know, maybe we are from a family and marriages full of pain or lack of understanding, Um, the conflict of hurts, the conflict of anger, the conflict of separation, uh, the conflict of power struggles, the conflict of betrayal, the conflict of shame. So all these things are some of the conflicts that we, we, we will encounter in the family. Even in this family, we will encounter all these things. Hurts betrayals, rejection. They are all the conflicts that we will encounter. And as a family, we are to engage creatively with conflicts and then we think and how we think differently about it, not to run away from it. So whenever conflicts come, how do we um, meet the conflict? How do we approach the conflict? Do we plan creative um, measures, um, pragmatic measures to solve these? conflicts or we run away from it or some as some people will say we just brush it under the carpet so the 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 continent of africa the 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 african in the diaspora what are our conflicts what are the means what are the creative means or we do we just come we nag on it we mama on it we leave it like that or as a family as we are here, here as a family do we nag on problems do we mama on problems and we just leave it like that So we should be aware of problems. And where there are problems, don't say demons. There is no demon anywhere. It is meant to happen. So when it happens like that, we develop creative ways to solve it, not to run away. Sometimes, um, I remember first time uh, Brother Chris came to me, told me, uh, these are the conflicts I'm seeing in the Brother Roger comes to me. These are the conflicts I'm seeing in the So as a pastor, I would not be like, okay, you know what? Let's leave it. So one theologian known as um, Carolyn Shrink, and this is how he defines conflict. That is um, to, to the Christian leaders or to the Christian families, our perception, our misperception about conflict. Number one, she said that we often restrict the use of the term conflict to tensions where there are negative elements and fail to include solutions where there is a positive outcome. Number two, he goes ahead to say that we tend to view pain and struggle as negative and to be avoided rather than as an inescapable and intrinsic element in growth and creativity. So Schreng said that, um, Carolyn said that conflicts are meant to be met. And the very moment we find means to solve it, it develops the family into growth and creativity. So if we really want this family to grow, we must be ready to face conflicts among us. We must be ready to fish out um, problems among us and how we can solve these problems. The third point she gives is that Christians often hold a theology that conflict is wrong, sinful, instead of understanding that conflict is neutral and that it is our response to conflict that may be our godly, our, our, our godly strength or Strength, um, that is uh, our response to strength, may be good and also our godly strength. So, whenever we respond to conflicts, Caroline says that it also that uh, it, it is good and it also, it also leads to our godly strength. So, if anyone creates conflict, the person does not become the scapegoat or the black sheep of the family. The welfare is that we are going to, we are going to experience many conflicts all the time. It will not stop, it hasn't hasn't started, even if it has started, it will not start, it will not be the beginning of the end, it will continue all the time. Conflicts will come in everywhere. So, and the the fourth point she gives is that we would like to think that it should be easy to get along together, but in reality, dealing with our differences in Christian community is often profoundly challenging and demanding. We have often, often seldom been taught how to be proactive in conflict and to understand that conflict transformation is deeply spiritual attacks that demands commitment, discipline, new skills, much practice, and constant vigilance from each of us. Conflict is generally used by the media to indicate violence. So what um, Carolyn is saying here is that very, very a time or many times when we, as we are here as a family, we forget that we also have come in with our cultural diversities. For example, I am coming from Ghana. You are coming from Nigeria. Other one is coming from um, Ivory Coast. So each, every one of us have their own approach to things. And even among siblings in a family, everyone has got his own character. Siblings in a family have gotten their own character. So how do we deal with these things that we can end up living harmoniously together. We can end up living peacefully together. We can end up living progressively together. So when it comes to conflict, it is something that we cannot run away from as long as we are people in this family. So I want to repeat it that we have seldom been taught about how to be proactive and and in conflict and to understand that conflict Conflict transformation is deeply spiritual, a deeply spiritual task that demands commitment, discipline, new skills, much practice, and constant vigilance from each of us. So that is one of the solutions that Carolyn gives to us, that in this family, we should understand that conflict is a task, and it is something that is rooted, so long as we're a Christian body, it is something that is rooted in our spirituality, And also that, how do we solve conflicts? That is by our commitment and our discipline and developing new skills and also much practice and constant vigilance. Not like, oh, I look at this thing and I I overlook it, or I look at it, I overlook it. No, the more we look at these things, we should have people who are very constant watching what is going on in the family, what is happening in the family. How can we solve this thing that is in the family? So this is um, how sometimes we define conflict. That is the media defines conflict as um, the media defines conflict as a violence. And one definition for conflict is um, expressed as a struggle between two independent parties who perceive incompatible goals, scarce resources, and interference from others in achieving their goals. So in a simple term, what is the meaning of conflict? Conflict simply means equal differences plus tensions. So in this family, yes, we should be ready for tensions. So conflict brings tensions. We should be ready for all of that. But the whole, the whole, the finality of it is that in the midst of all these conflicts, we should have the mindset that we are going to solve it and that will also lead us it, the conflict that we solve will be a trajectory for us onto another level. You have always heard about many ministries, um, many um, well-fledged ministries about the scandals they go through. It doesn't break them down. It serves as a trajectory. It serves as a stepping stone to a greater height. So conflicts are not meant to crush this family. So if you're in this family and you have observed the conflict, Don't be like, nah, no, it should come. And it can come from every angle. It can come from me, it can come from you, it can come from each and every one of us. But the very moment it happens, we are very certain that we have people, we have a team who are there, and they are ready to solve it, they are ready to bring solutions, they are ready to put down measures to, to make sure that this will not happen again. So this broader use of the term helps us to open up possibly of embracing and positively engaging with conflict. So when we get a broader view about conflict, that is when uh, our goals becoming compatible, when um, we are are bedeviled with scarce resources, when there is um, an interference, maybe my view about the vision may be very different from your view. Maybe uh, my view about this vision may be very different from Roger's view about the vision. So in this case, there is incompatibility of goals in as much as we want the family to grow, but we are still incompatible with some certain things. So how do we forge ourselves together? How do we forge ourselves together to achieve such a goal? So we see the picture of it in Acts of the Apostles, chapter number six. And when we talk about conflict, so it happened in the Bible as well. So in Acts of the Apostles, chapter six, conflict also steps in there. And the conflict was that, this, in Acts of the Apostles, that was the first community and um, within the newborn church, uh, during the time of growth and change. That is, the conflict was that um, there were two groups of people in the church at that time. They had the Hebrew speaking um, uh, dominated people and they had the, um, the Greek speaking believers as well. And with the Greek speaking believers, one of the things about the Greek speaking believers was that um, they were the, the Jews in diaspora the, the Jews in the diaspora are mostly known as the Hellenists. So with the Hellenists, whenever they come to, G, to, to Israel or to Jerusalem to do service, that is the day that the Holy Ghost broke out, there were people who were gathered, um, like the way um, in, in Africa, um, some people go to camp meetings um, for a church conferences and all that. So that was what was happening in Jerusalem at that time. And when the, so these were some of the, so when the people came together, they, they had a problem. They saw that um, a lot of things are happening in the church. So their first, um, the first, the, the, the Hebrew speaking people and the Greek speaking believers, they began getting problems in the church. The question you need to ask yourself is that we are here for God, we are here for the Holy Ghost. So what, what, why, why that? And what was their problem? The problem was that um, their poor widows are being left out of the communities uh, relief or palliative system. So the, the, Greek, the Greek members, they were able to fish out a problem that, you know what, all the Greek, we can see that all our Greek widows who are poor, when you are, you are giving relief um, materials to them, they are, they, 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 they are disenfranchised or they, they are disadvantaged. And that became a major problem amongst them. So the leaders were put under pressure, and they were being accused of injustice and unfaithfulness. And I want to say this, that anytime a problem happens, it is not the church, but it is the leader who becomes the the, the main targets. Even in every nation, the very moment a problem happens, it is not the church, it is the leader who becomes the main target of accusation. So the Greek members, which were also known as the Hellenists, they started accusing the pastors, the, the apostles, that this is what is happening in the church. And we are not interested in it. And it looks that you people are are unjust to us or you people are unfaithful to us. So this is what um, the the apostles now sat down and they said, we need to do something about it. And that is what we call the leadership response. And sometimes as a leader, whenever this happens, so one of the things, one of the greatest um, um, uh, excellent leadership skills the apostles adopted was that, they did not get reactive and defensive. That is the very moment the problem happens in the family, we don't become reactive and defensive the way. And also they didn't um, tell everyone to go away and just pray about it. So sometimes in some churches, if there is a problem, the person, a pastor or a leader will tell you that, let's go and pray about it. Let's go and pray about it. You, let's leave it there. Let's pray. No, we need to talk about it. We need to look at how we can solve it. And one of the greatest temptations about a leader as a family is that we also adopt what we call the separate and the, uh, the, the, the separation and the avoidance system. And when we talk about to, to separate and to avoid, that is, you separate those people's. So, oh, if they will go, they should go. I don't care, they should go. Then you, because you are trying to avoid the main problem. So you you separate yourself. And I want to say this here that even being a pastor of this family, yes. I am accountable. I am accountable and responsible to you. One of the things you need to understand is that, being a father of this family, I am accountable and responsible to you. So it is one of the greatest temptations that not to separate yourself and also not to avoid it. So they recognize that. So when the apostles saw it, they recognized it as a strong matter, and that they need to come together to solve it. So they they say they recognize it deeply and they call the community together to discern together how to proceed. And one of the solutions is that the need to listen to one another. And when we listen to one another, it leads to what we call problem solving. So when we listen to ourselves, it, it leads to problem solving. The reason is that we want to solve problem. And in terms of listening, we need the courage to face the issues and the feelings of hurts. In terms of we solving it, we need the courage to face the issues and the feelings of it. And also facing conflict gives us a clear self-definition. So the very moment we, we face the conflict, it gives us a clear self-definition. And sometimes when you do a, a self-assessment of yourself, because one of the issues about conflict is that you are not going to hear what you like. You are not going to hear what you like. You, you will make your heart happy because people are coming to express their bitterness people are coming to express their their, their 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 views against you so it will not make you happy but if you get the courage to face it if you get the courage to face the head of people then we would be in a position to be a problem solving family or we will be in a position to be a growth oriented family why because we are interested in the Needs of people, the challenges of people, and also facing conflicts gives us a perspective on who, on where their their thought leadership priorities should lie. So, if you read um, the, the the book of Apostles, um, chapter six, he says that when they connected to them, the, verse four says, and the apostle says, so that we can give ourselves to prayer and in the ministration of the word, we can give ourselves to prayer and in the ministration of the word. So the apostles now defined themselves. So in the midst of conflicts, you are able to know. You are able to prioritize your office. You're able to prioritize your strengths. You're able to prioritize your abilities. You're able to prioritize your capabilities. Then when you prioritize your strengths and your capabilities, you will know where you are weak. And that is when it comes in as a family. That as a pastor, as you are listening to me now, I can't do anything in this family. I want to be very honest with all of us. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. My ministry with you is to pray with you. I've always said this thing. I don't know if anyone has ever seen me do that. I'm not good at preaching marriage. I don't know if anybody has ever seen me do that because I'm not a married counselor. I'm not good. That is not my office. But there are people who, who, who God has gifted them with that grace. God has gifted them with that power. God has gifted them with that mandate. So as a pastor, there is, it's not everything, I can touch on some certain things, but it's not everything that I can do. The time is 11.19, give me five minutes and I'll be done. So when we look at it here, we are looking at what are some of the resolutions in terms of how do we solve conflict in conflict resolution? That is the leadership team should now, so if if we look at it, how did the apostles solve it? That is in conflict resolution. So, one of the things that they brought up was that the leadership team should be expanded. So, those days, the leadership was only about the Jews, the Hebrew speaking people. So, the, 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 um, the, the, the Hellenists now said that no, we need to now expand the leadership. So, we need to include other people in the leadership team so that this family will not be like, okay, only Nigerians have position in this church or in this family. No, the leadership should now be expanded and everyone should be part of the leadership. Then everyone would have what what we call a voice in the leadership. So they say that there should be an expansion and the leadership should also be, um, they should have an equal leadership that is an all inclusive leadership. So I wanted to say here, uh, one 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 of the things I want to um, encourage this family, I want to open up to this family this morning is that as we are building this family, we need to understand that it is not only a spiritual work that we are doing. It is not only a spiritual work. We are not doing only spiritual work. There are two dimensions God has given to us. Number one, the preaching business or the preaching, the preaching elders and the business elders. So as we are here, we need those ones who will be preachers. Notwithstanding, we also need those ones who will be business-oriented people in the family. That is, they are concerned about the the natural aspect of the family, the physical aspect of the family. So we don't just meet and pray. We don't just meet and shout. We don't just meet and do things that is only spiritual and everything. Let's leave it to God. Or if we can't handle it, let's leave it to Satan. So as we being people, what is our warfare? What is the conflict of this family? And how can we solve it? That it will not be only, okay, the pastor must solve it. Then I will crush like the days of Moses. So some can be elders, some can be business people in this family. So let me give a bit of structure about this family. The director of this family is Roger. The deputy director of this family is Patricia. Then we have the families, we have the brotherhood and the sisterhood. So it's not only me that is doing this work. We are a team. So let me say this here. So in case you come in and you have a problem, don't run easily to me. Go to Brother Roger because he's the director. And also, if we read, the Bible says that the Bible says something here. He says that and of the seven that they chose, there was one man whose name was known as Nicholas. And if you look at it very well, they described as Nicholas the proselyte. Nicholas the proselyte. And when we talk about Nicholas the proselyte, a proselyte is someone who has converted. That is a critical example here. Maybe the person was a Muslim and now he he has converted to be a Christian. So in this family, we can also have um, a Sikh or a pantheist because Europe is a multicultural, United Kingdom is a multicultural place. We can have a pantheist who now converts to Christ. He needs, his gift is needed. So in the family, what am I trying to say here right now? So one of the things we need to understand here is that it is not everybody that must be given a position that might be No, I don't need that. <laughs> we don't need that. It's not everybody that can pray in tongues, but there can be a special gift in you that can be beneficial to the family. And I'm preaching to all of us, I'm preaching to all of us, I'm preaching to Brother Richardson, I'm preaching to Brother Edward, I'm preaching to all of us here, I'm preaching to Brother Kofi, that you don't need to speak in tongues and professor and cast out demons before you can hold a position in this family. Because there is a business aspect of the family in you that you can also develop. So what am I talking about here? ASG right now, we need experts in IT. We need experts in in the media field. We need financial brokers. We need communicators like, like Connie. We need policy analysts. We need engineers. We need architectures. We need health workers. We need lawyers. We need um, we, we need educationists. We need musicians. So if a musician comes in and the guy is young, talented, and he has a tattoo and earrings, I don't care, because that grace can be used to minister to the world. So this morning, I want you to understand the two dimensions of the ministry: how we solve conflicts. Others will be anointed spiritually and others will also be anointed physically for the good of this work. I don't know what you can do for this family. I came to tell you, your ministry is needed. Your gift is needed. Dr. Lucy, your gift is needed in ASG. As a family, uh, Dr. Brother Brother Richardson, policy analyst and uh, monitoring and evaluation, your ministry is needed. So it is not only going to be no. As I'm speaking to you right now, how are we going to solve the need of Africa? As I'm talking to you now, Europeans, as of only 2017, only 2017, only Nigerians, the amount of money, I'm talking about world remits and um, RIA and all that, the amount of money world remittances that Nigerians sent to Nigeria was $17 billion, only Nigerians. We are not talking about the ones that your brother comes to your house and says, I'm going to Nigeria, and you give him 200 pounds, 500 pounds to go and give it to your auntie. I'm talking about the one that passed through either world remit or way, according to world, world Bank record. So what can we do to re-strategize that our monies can be used, can be used to establish ourselves that ASE London can build mansions in United Kingdom to house the African community in this country free of charge. That in the next five years, that we can have not less than three mansions, not less than three houses, that we will solve accommodation problem among the Black communities in this country. This is not speaking in tongues. It's what we call brains at work. And that is what I came to minister to you this morning conflicts, and how we can solve it. So I want to tell you today, there is a warfare. We are on a war field. And the strategy that we can use to solve this war is when all minds come on board, that this is our need. The black community, this is our need. And this is how we are going to solve it with all zeal and with all power. The Lord bless us all as we are doing it. So let me do the spiritual part, give me the physical part. And I thank God that the team, uh, um, Minister Roger, I texted him by the close of this month, which I would need a report of the five year development plan. But we are developing a five year plan that in the next few years, we are going to see it done. So long as we realize we will not come here and shout and shout, we are going to see it done. And in the next few years, our target is that we'll be bringing many people from Africa not to come in school just like that, but um, we are targeting Oxford for them. We are targeting Cambridge for them, that they will come and study in Cambridge and Oxford. That is my target. And this one is no prayer. We're going to work it. We're going to see it done. the black liberation, the African liberation, and very soon in United Kingdom, in this family, some of our members are going to go, go uh, head towards parliament. So you need to think about all these things. We're going to parliament very soon. So this is our warfare. And these are our strategies that we are going to do to solve these things. The Lord bless us today and as we increase in the knowledge of God. So if you are thinking of giving up, if you are thinking that there is is nothing good that can come out of you, if you are thinking that you cannot pray in tongues, so therefore you cannot be useful in this family, I'm very sorry to tell you, you are very useful in this family you are very important in this family and who knows, maybe we are building a new definition of church system whereby our unit is that we are now a global family and we are spreading and taking the world by surprise. Now, some of us are listening, watching us, Brother, Co- Brother Kofi, um, Brother Richardson, all the way from Ghana. We have members in Germany, we have members in Dubai. So it tells us that something unique is about to happen and prophetically, are we seeing that movement? So we need to look into all these things, the modernisms, the innovations, the, the creativities, how pragmatic we are, how pro- proactive we are, that we will solve things in a different dimension. The Lord bless you today as we increase in the knowledge and in the power of God in Jesus' mighty name. Now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, and also that you're going out and you're coming in is honored and blessed by the lord that everything that your hand will touch will be a blessing in this age and in the ages to come in Jesus' name and among that i have my ministers i have my ministers um roger patricia brother chris i have them with me i have my disciples i have um vivian's the vivian sister deborah part of the discipleship and they are also